SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today, Hour 2, right here on SportsGrid. Joe Pizapia. The Eric Young from Impact Wrestling breaking it all down for you. And it looks like the Washington football team is going to be down one more quarterback, but this time by their choice. Dwayne Haskins officially released by the Washington football team, according to Ian Rappaport, about 10 minutes ago. So there you have it. I mean, to me, it just signals that Alex Smith is going to play come hell or high water next week with, of course, the season on the line. And I guess, you know, the message just been sent and, and good for Ron Rivera. You know, this was the... 15th overall pick just two years ago for the Washington football team, but clearly he's not Ron Rivera's guy. So we'll see who is Ron Rivera's guy next year. If it is Alex Smith or somebody else, we've also got a baseball trade and another baseball move heading up there. So things are rocking and rolling. Who said that this was a slow week? Nobody. So let's get after some headlines. we got Monday night football tonight. The Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots. This is going to be in New England. Josh Allen's going to make his case for MVP, especially last night after Aaron Rodgers put on the show. Justin Herbert yesterday broke the rookie record for touchdowns set two years ago by Baker Mayfield. He's up to 28 now. Phillip Rivers makes a little bit of history as well. Ties Dan Marino for fifth most touchdowns all time with 420. Unbelievable. Who would have thought that? Uh, Padres. Made a big move, a big splash here, acquiring Blake Snell from the Rays for a few major prospects, and I'm sure we'll break that down a little bit more in the days to come. But look, the San Diego uh, Padres certainly uh, were in the mix last year, uh, made the playoffs, had a very exciting team, Fernando Tatis Jr., Machado, a lot of young guys uh, really kind of stepped up last year around those two and had some great moments, but the pitching was a little light. And now, apparently, they're in talks for you, Darvish. We'll see if they have enough chips left in order to cash in for that. But certainly, Blake Snell is a huge addition. It makes you kind of wonder what Tampa's doing. But then again, this is what Tampa does. They make trades like this, and you go, what are they doing? And then the next year, they're competitive again. They always find a way to be competitive. So, Rays fans, don't panic just yet. I know there's no Charlie Morton. There's no Blake Snell. You're looking around. Who knows what they're going to do? Maybe they'll get a bunch of little league pitchers or something like that, and they'll just go one inning at a time. It's possible. It's the Rays. Let's not forget that. But uh, certainly a lot going on here. And unfortunately, uh, uh, some sad news to report, too. Phil Necro, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher, passed away yesterday as well. Uh, the great knuckleballer had some uh, certainly great moments there in his career. 81 years old for him and uh, a guy who's several-time All-Star. We know that. A, a guy that uh, certainly him and his brother, two of the more fun characters, a five-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove Award winner too. So uh, a guy that could field his position. And uh, certainly our, our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to the Negro family. Uh, but going back and switching gears to football, I got to say, EY, uh, some some records broken yesterday that were kind of surprising. Let's start with Herbert's because I know for me, he's been probably the biggest surprise of the season. I thought Herbert was going to be a project. It turns out he's not. turns out he was ready to go. He uh, took over way sooner than they thought he was ready to. He's thrown for a bunch of 300-yard games. Probably going to end up the year with around 30 touchdowns as a rookie. That's an incredible start. And I would say this. It feels like he's playing his best football these last few weeks and that's without Keenan Allen healthy and without some other major weapons around him. And I thought this was 
another big game for him and an, another really just uh, incredible season here in his debut. And and I hope uh, just uh, the beginning and the tip of the iceberg. What are your thoughts on Herbert's 2020 season? I love Herbert. And I mean, you really have to take everything into consideration and realize how big of a deal this is. We want to welcome radio back into the show. We're talking about Justin Herbert and my absolute love for him. And the reason for that is look at the situation he's in. It's the, the COVID year 2020 shortened training camp. Um, Tyrod Taylor was the guy taking the snaps with the number one, almost right up to the end of training camp. We saw it on hard knocks. And Herbert, like Joe said, was thought to be a bit of a project, somebody that had all the arm talent, but maybe wasn't ready for, for the big lights. He proved everybody wrong. Uh, he's been lights out from, from him coming in in the first week as basically an unknown. And, and I mean, he broke a, 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 an NFL record with in, in a year where he didn't have a training camp, really. I mean, right. and, and he played very limited snaps, none of them with the first team. Uh, so this is is a bigger deal than I think anybody thinks it is. And Philip Rivers, you know, I, I would never mention him in the same class as Dan Marino. Certainly a lot of this has to do with the style of football and how the game has changed. It makes you appreciate Dan Marino even a little bit more. But still, 420 touchdowns is 420 touchdowns. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer when all is said and done? Because statistically speaking, it's starting to feel like it. Maybe he has a good run here with the Colts. Maybe that solidifies it. But what are your thoughts on Rivers' Hall of Fame chances? Yeah, I think he's in the conversation. I feel like if you know he sticks with the Colts, if the Colts make a playoff run, possibly win a Super Bowl this year, then I, I don't think there would be much denying him. But I think he does need that Super Bowl to, to, to solidify those talks. Yeah, it's kind of been a, a interesting career for, for him. You know, him and Roethlisberger coming in to the league at the same time. And you see Big Ben, you know, you end up in the Steelers. You win a couple championships. You end up with the Giants. Eli Manning won a couple championships, right? Philip Rivers ended up with the Chargers. And unfortunately, zero. Zero Super Bowl appearances. I often wonder if Philip Rivers had been drafted by somebody else or if he ended up in New York or ended up with the Steelers. Maybe how different his career might have been. But well, this is what happens. This is why it really matters. So we'll see if Trevor Lawrence has any of that. Uh, well, I don't want to play here in Jacksonville kind of stuff. I imagine not. But, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. John Elway did it. We've seen Eli Manning do it. That would certainly be a fun story uh, of who could have the draft capital to trade up if, uh, if indeed Lawrence decided he did not want to live in Florida. But who wouldn't want to live in Florida? I mean, anything goes there. And, of course, they, you know, no state income tax. It seems like a good place to make a living. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Eagles and Cowboys and break that game down for you because this one should have gone another way, but it did not. We'll come back. How about them Cowboys right here on Sports Grid? We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On a Sunday where a lot of NFL history was made, some more NFL history was made, but not necessarily in the best of ways, unfortunately, for the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys somehow are still hanging around. The Eagles were eliminated yesterday from the playoffs. The Cowboys certainly put on a show in the air. Andy Dalton looked maybe the most comfortable he has all year playing quarterback for this team, but 
The Eagles just are falling short, unfortunately, at the very end. So not even the spark of Jalen Hurts could help them through as they turn the ball over four times on four possessions in the fourth quarter. It's a lot of fours in case you're into numerology. Joe Pizapia, Eric Young here. Fantasy Sports Today to break it all down. And I think the real story here was, unfortunately, Michael Jaquette, who, you know, the defensive back for the Eagles, who just got absolutely torched and embarrassed on TV. He was targeted nine times there, and he gave up seven receptions to the wide receivers that he was guarding, and for 182 yards. That's the second most this year by any cornerback. And I just felt bad for the guy because at the end, he was just sitting there on the sidelines, and they were flashing up his stat, and I was just like, man... I hope this kid rebounds, and Jonathan Vilma on the broadcast said, this is a learning experience. Well, it was a tough way to learn when you get embarrassed in the spot like that. So uh, Philly could be a tough town. If I were you, I would kind of sneak in through South Jersey if that's how you're going to get back home. Uh, but let's look at the tail of the tape here and start with Jalen Hurts, who, by the way, was down. That knee was down. I don't care. Anybody tell me it was a bad call. Even the, even the guy who was the referee on the broadcast said his knee was down. And that would have been a very different game. Look, he throws the bad pick in the end zone. That was a terrible spot. Then you have that moment there where he was down, but they called it a fumble. So things just didn't go your way. But this is the price you pay when you win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Sometimes things go your way to an extreme amount, and sometimes they're not going to. So let's get after the numbers again here as I continue to ramble on. Jalen Hurts, 342 yards for him. He did have a touchdown and two picks. He did uh, rush for nine Carries uh, 69 yards. Miles Sanders, I, I thought they should have handed the ball off more to him because he was just gashing them all over the place. 15 carries for 57 and a touchdown. He had four catches for 27. Deshaun Jackson made a little NFL history. He had one catch for 81 yards and a touchdown. That is his first catch since week seven, and he now has the most touchdown receptions of 60-plus yards in NFL history, 25. Deshaun Jackson, one of the great playmakers of all time and still doing it at the advanced age of somewhere in the mid to late thirties. All right, let's get after the uh, Dallas Cowboys here. Take a look at these stats. Uh, Andy Dalton, three seventy-seven, three touchdowns and a pick. Ezekiel Elliott was running hard. 19 carries for one Oh five. There he is. Everybody. No touchdown still, but whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. Four catches for 34. Michael Gallup was the star of the game here with Dalton. Six catches for one twenty-one and two touchdowns. They just, kept targeting Michael Gallup because Jaquette was on him and it was just out of hand. CeeDee Lamb getting it done. Some super athlete. Three catches for 65 and a touchdown. Also had a uh, one 19-yard rush for a touchdown. And Amari Cooper had four catches for 121. So look, Andy Dalton was spreading the ball around. He looked comfortable. And yet at the same time, as I'm watching this football game, I kept thinking, well, the Eagles are going to find a way here to pull this out. And then it kept driving the ball down. They were in Dallas territory. And then mistakes, 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 and they just could put it all together. And I can't blame this on the wide receivers. I'm not going to blame it on anybody. It's just collectively this Eagles team just isn't able to put together all good games on all ends of the ball. And I think that's the problem here. Yes, they had a key injury early on, too, on the defensive side. But, look, at the end of the day, look, as bad as Jackett was and as, as good as the Cowboys looked at times, the Eagles had a chance to win this game. So what's going to happen next year with the Eagles in your mind? Are we turning the page here, you know, from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts? I know it's really difficult to do, but we all know difficult things have a way of working themselves out. I just, I can't imagine after all of this that they go back to Carson Wentz. What are your thoughts on the Eagles and the quarterback situation and Philadelphia as a whole in 2020 and for next year? 
I mean, they're in a messy situation with that quarterback, and Carson Wentz didn't do them or himself any favors with this play. I mean, that's a big number that they can't just swallow it. I, I mean, trading him is probably impossible because of his poor play. Uh, and not to mention, I mean, I guess poor attitude of saying he wants out if he's not going to play. Look, you're not playing because you were terrible at quarterback. It, it had nothing to do with them wanting Jalen Hurts to be in the game. They paid Carson Wentz a pile of money, and they wanted him to be the starting quarterback. They were forced because of his bad play to play Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is, I mean, in my opinion, is solidifying himself as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is why Eric has dogs and not kids, because what are you doing? That puzzle doesn't belong there. What's wrong with you? You're terrible at this puzzle. Uh, God, I love you. You're the best. All right, let's move on to the next one here, because I give it way too much time here for the Eagles and, and stuff. Hey, look, Eagles, it's just not happening this year. Next year, we'll see what happens in the recool. Let's talk about the Rams losing to the Seahawks 20 to 9. Um, look, I want to give the Seahawks a lot of credit here because this defense is like a whole other defense. Jamal Adams came back, and all of a sudden it just it just looks like a whole different team. Goff ended up dislocating his thumb, snapped it back into place, but he's probably not going to play next week. You're going to get John Wolford playing. Good, good gracious. He's never taken a snap in the NFL. We'll see how that goes. But Goff had 324 yards and a pick, no touchdowns. Daryl Henderson, 12 for 62. He got hurt because Jamal Adams made an incredible touchdown-saving tackle there. Adams is just all-world. I mean, what are the Jets doing? How do you get rid of Jamal Adams? He's so good. Every year I'm watching this guy play two or two times a year, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I wish this guy was on my team. And the Jets are like, nah, you know what? We're going to send him somewhere else. Robert Woods had four catches for 48. Cooper Cup had eight for 68. It was a bad day. I mean, and look, I want to credit the Seahawks because – you know, Jared Goff had a couple of throws in this game that were just incredibly puzzling. Even in the post game, Jared Goff said, oh, I don't know what I was trying to do there. Well, that doesn't make anybody feel warm and fuzzy. Now, does it, Jared? And there's a lot of questions here to ask about what's going on with the Rams. And you know what? At the end of the day, the Rams are exactly who I thought they were, which is not a good football team, despite the fact they were at the top of this division. Well, now it's Seattle at the top of this division. They have now solidified their spot as number one. Let's take a look at the stats for Seattle as I try to calm down with my Rams rage. The Russell Wilson stats, 225. He had a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Chris Carson, 18 carries for 69 yards. DK Metcalf, 8 for 59. Not a huge day for him. And Jacob Hollister had two catches, one of which for a touchdown. So, Eric, you know, the Seattle Seahawks were my pick for this division heading into the year. I'm very pleased that they have won. But to me, the story is not the offense because Wilson – Kind of faded here. DK Metcalf fading at the playoffs. A lot of people are looking up going, what the hell happened? It's been the defense. It's been Adams. It's been Dunlap. It's been what they've been able to do after a historically bad start to the year. This last month or so, they've really turned things around. Uh, I like the Seattle Seahawks. They're a fun team. I like the coach. The fan base is awesome. Uh, I think the NFL is a better place when Seattle's good and and a good pick by you by by winning the them winning the division. LA is a well coached team. They have a bunch of good personnel, but I think it just comes down to. Very puzzling quarterback plays. Something's got to happen there for them. They've got to move on from Jared Goff and, and find somebody that, that can run this offense efficiently. He's given away 13. He's got 13 giveaways, I should say, in the last few yep. weeks since week eight. That's the most in the NFL. I mean, I, you know, Jared Goff looked really good when Todd Gurley was around, right? And and when did he look good again? When Cam Akers was at his peak those last few weeks before he got hurt. And and I'm just I'm gonna keep harping on this because 
you know, I, I know they're Jared Goff's been their guy, and I understand this, but like the most important thing about the Rams has always been can you run the football? Because the defense is great. Aaron Donald's fantastic. Ramsey's played great. They should have won this game. They gave up 20 points in this game. You should win a game where you give up 20 points, especially against Seattle with some of the weapons they have. Russell Wilson, he's an MVP caliber talent. DK Metcalf, one of the best wide receivers in football. How do you do this? If you're the Rams, you hold them to 20 and you can't get a touchdown in this game? It's it's obnoxious. It's absurd. And Jared Goff has been just awful. And now, week 17, John Wolford is probably going to be playing quarterback for the Rams. This is uh, <sighs> this has got to be their nightmare. But the Rams continue to just disappoint all year long. And they're inconsistent. They're inconsistent quarter to quarter, game to game. And anytime they've been good this year, it's because the running game is good. And now Henderson's hurt. Akers is hurt. I'm starting to get a little worried here for Boy Wonder, Sean McVay, and where things are going. Because Sean McVay is a, a very important young football coach. But a tough end to this for him. We come back. More fantasy. Hey, don't go anywhere. Stay off the grid. Game time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You know, I really like the Titans last night heading into the game. And then when I turned on the TV and saw the snow, I said, oh, no, this is going to be a a tough night for them. And it was. You could tell, at least in the first half, they were not really ready with the footing or the right shoes or the right anything. Uh, And the snow certainly did favor the Green Bay Packers as they put up a a hurting on uh, your Tennessee Titans, Eric Young. But I will say this, um, you know, there were moments in this game, too, that could have gone another direction. And certainly moments in this game where despite Devontae Adams' greatness, the Tennessee Titans could have gotten back into this thing and really made this a contest. But unfortunately, you don't get medals for almost. And unfortunately, it's a loss for the Tennessee Titans. But that's okay because the Colts lost too. So they're still right in that playoff picture. So let's get after the stats. And Ryan Tannehill at 120 yards passing in the uh, in the snow. One touchdown, two picks for him. He also had a nice run there. Three carries for 55. He had that rushing touchdown. That was a great moment for him on that fake to Derrick Henry, who had 23 carries for 98 yards. Uh, A.J. Brown, four catches for 43. There were a couple times where he almost broke a tackle. There were two in particular in that first half where it could have changed the complexion of this game greatly. But got to give credit to the defense there on the Green Bay side. They made the most of it. Johnny Smith, three catches for 30. He had a touchdown in that one as well. On the Packers side of things, Aaron Rodgers showing that uh, he might be the standalone MVP. It's been a very weird MVP race. Start out with Russell Wilson, little Kyler Murray, Josh Allen buzz. Mahomes, of course, was always the foregone conclusion. But I think here we stand in the last week of the season coming up. It feels like Aaron Rodgers might be the guy to beat after this performance. We'll see what Josh Allen has in store Monday Night Football tonight. But Aaron Rodgers last night, 231, four touchdowns for him, one interception. He has been incredible this year. Ton of touchdowns, hardly any picks. Devontae Adams, the big reason why, 11 receptions for 124 and three touchdowns. That combination's been brilliant. Aaron Jones, 10 carries for 94 rushing yards, two receptions, 14 receiving yards. And A.J. Dillon, 
Got a lot of work in this one, too. 21 carries, 124 for two touchdowns, a reception of five yards for him. So, you know, EY, looking ahead to next year a little bit, you know, it feels like you could see kind of A.J. Dillon get a little moment here. And I know it's just a one game. I know it's only the Tennessee defense, but with Aaron Jones being an unrestricted free agent, it's probably a good chance they move on from him. Do you think this was that first little salvo here where you see the A.J. Dillon share start to uptick just a hair going into 2021 draft? Yeah, I think it'll happen. And, and I mean, the, the truth is, is w- w- someone from that backfield is not going to be there next year. I think the big ticket is Aaron Jones. And then they have to decide, do they want to pay Aaron Jones? Uh, I, I think they could probably um, get the same pretty close to the same production with Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon uh, or, or even go away from both those guys and have A.J. Dillon as the starting running back and, and draft a running back. So uh, A.J. Dillon was, was picked by this team to, to be a member of the backfield. So uh, this is a good good thing for him. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing for the Green Bay Packers, but um, I think this game, and depending on what he does in the next couple of weeks, will really change his draft position. And obviously what happens in the offseason, who's going to end up where. Um, I I believe Aaron Jones will not be on this team next year because they can't afford to pay him. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and I think there will be some suitors out there. So a lot of teams, I mean, look at the Atlanta Falcons, yep. you know, just one. And and speaking of Aaron Jones, too, he definitely did step out there. Vrabel didn't challenge it, and unfortunately, that was another bad moment in this game for the Tennessee Titans. And uh, let's get some credit to Daryl Savage, too. Four picks in the last five games, uh, some great moments for him. So Green Bay played well. The elements certainly favored them. They took advantage of that. No doubt about it. All right, let's talk about another thing that got taken advantage of, and that was the Washington football team by the Carolina Panthers. Carolina just does not quit. They don't understand the word, and I love that about them going into next year. Teddy Bridgewater, 197 for a touchdown and one pick. Mike Davis, not a huge day, but he did have the touchdown, 14 carries for 28 yards. Curtis Samuel, seven carries for 52 and five catches for 106. Big day for him, and Robbie Anderson had another touchdown for him. On the Washington side of things in this one, oh, goodness. You know, Haskins got benched in this game, and he got dropped today by the Washington football team. 14-28, 154, two picks. He was brutal in this game. Tyler Heineke took over, and he was okay. 137 in a touchdown for him. Antonio Gibson did return, which was great. He had 10 carries for 61, but it was not enough for them. J.D. McKissick continues to just fill up the box score. Four carries for 15 rushing yards for him. Eight receptions for 70-plus receiving yards and a touchdown. And Logan Thomas, our boy, seven catches. Another good day for him. But, you know, look, this Washington football team, Eric, you got to imagine if they're willing to jettison Haskins that they've either completely just had it with him, which is obvious, there has to be something else going on here. And I imagine it must mean Alex Smith is saying, hey, I'm going out there and playing next week. I don't care what any doctor tells me or anything else. And Alex Smith has already come back player of the year. We all know this. It's a foregone conclusion. But do you think that they've got enough left in the tank to get one more victory and get into the playoffs? Because this is really getting tough here at the end. You know, they, this, this quarterback situation here for them. They had a Gibson injury. McLaurin was out for this game. Do you think Washington has one more last effort in them next week? I'm hoping they do. I like this team. Uh, I like the coach. Uh, I like Alex Smith. Uh, Gibson, I think, is going to be the real deal. McLaurin has proven that he's one of the best receivers. Uh, Young on the the defensive end is an absolute savage and game changer. I I like 
the Washington team. I like watching them play. Uh, and the Alex Smith story, I mean, if that doesn't make you feel good, I mean, you just don't have a heart. It, just such a mm-hmm. cool story of perseverance and, and you know, the fact that he loves football so much and everything he's re- willing to risk to play it. So uh, it's very cool to me. Uh, I, I want them to win this division. Uh, and I, I mean, the crazy thing is, is even where they are and, and where they stand, they still have an opportunity to do that, which is just bizarre. This is a bizarre, bizarre conference for sure. Well, it's been a bizarre year, so we're sticking with the theme. That's how things have gone. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes very to Carolina, <laughs> when it comes to Carolina, very young defense, uh, but has played well at times this year. They get exposed with the youth sometimes. But once again, no full OTAs, no full regular offseason. With another year of seasoning, with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, with another good draft, I think Carolina is a team that could become an eight-win team next year. Do you think that's a take, or you think that I'm on to something here? No, I believe you're onto something. I mean, like you said, like this is you see all the the, the recipe is there. This yeah. is a team that that doesn't quit, that battles. Uh, they don't have their full complement. You know, I mean, they're they don't have a ton of experience on the de- defensive side of the ball. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is, is, I mean, look, he's not you know a game breaker in any way, but he's a battler and he's got a cool mm-hmm. story too. And you want to see him do well. Um, I think with a healthy Christian McCaffrey all year, this is a completely different conversation uh, because he changes just how you have to play this team. Uh, Mike Davis has done well in his stead and has filled in and has probably made a bunch of money for himself in, in the return. But uh, yeah, I think that this is going to be a much improved football team last year. Or next year. Well, the Chargers, the Chargers are playing improved football too. Last few weeks, winning some big in division games. Uh, this is their sixth victory. They win this one 19 to 16 over the Denver Broncos. And look, the Broncos, 284 for Drew Locke in this one, had a rushing touchdown. Melvin Gordon, 18 carries for 79, and Deshaun Hamilton had five catches for 77. But at the end of the day, the Broncos just couldn't do a whole lot in this one. And uh, Justin Herbert, we all know the deal with him. As you see the Broncos stats, look, you know, the Broncos. They need a quarterback in the worst way, and it just doesn't seem like Drew Locke is that guy, but it does seem that Justin Herbert certainly is for the Chargers going forward. They got their guy. They've got their franchise QB. Now it's a matter of filling out around him properly here. 253 yards and a touchdown for him. Austin Eckler, his first receiving touchdown of the year. He also had 10 carries for 45 and three receptions for 23. Mike Williams, four for 54. Once again, without the full complement of weapons, this was – I would say another impressive outing for him. Uh, Badgley hit four field goals. So the Chargers are finishing strong, and it's starting to feel like, you know, I I feel like they're in a weird situation here with the coach. I I love Anthony Lynn. I think he's a great football guy, a great dude, knows what he's doing. This team just really fell apart in the worst times. Now they're playing better at the end. But the question is, do you think they're going to save Anthony Lynn's job going forward? Because – this has been a very disappointing season for them. They've let go of a lot of victories that they had in their grasp, but at the same time, they continue to fight, and they're actually playing pretty well to close things out. Do you think it's going to be enough at the end of the day, or do you think the Chargers are going to have another head coach in 2021? Yeah, I think reputation saves him here. He's a guy that that the players like, that I think, you know, I, I you, you hear a lot of good stuff about who he is and, and how he runs that team. Uh, so I feel like he gets another kick of the can next year. I think he will be on a short lease. That's just the unfortunate uh, reality of coaching in the NFL. I mean, you I mean, it's just what have you done for me lately? It, your past and your presence and who you are as a person really doesn't matter. It's about results. And he didn't get them this year, but I think he'll be the coach next year and we'll see what happens. I think they're going to be improved too. Herbert, I mean, in his second year, could could change this team's fortunes big time. 
Yeah, and it's starting to feel like Taylor is going to be sticking around for Cincinnati. It's starting to feel <laughs> unbelievable that Matt Nagy is going to be sticking around too. It just kind of feels that way. I don't know how you can get rid of him after this run that they've gone on. Uh, I'd like to see Anthony Lynn stick around because I, I do think he's a good football coach, and it's a tough division where you got to play Kansas City twice. So it's two losses, probably most likely for any team, you know. So we'll see what happens here. It's going to be a lot of head coaching vacancies already, a lot of GM vacancies also, which has been kind of the weird thing, you know. Of all these things that we talked about today, before we get to fantasy reality, you know, to me, it's it's the Rams. It's the Rams losing again in a big spot and losing to a good football team. It's it's the Cleveland Browns who are on the precipice and then having this terrible situation basically come up overnight, losing all their wide receivers and linemen and uh, losing some linebackers too in this game and then losing to the Jets. It's a lot of losses in one weekend. How does Baker Mayfield bounce back mentally from that? There's a lot to unpack there. It's the Washington football team going on with the past and Ron Rivera not being afraid to make tough decisions, you know, and I guess the writing was on the wall when you lose your captainship. And the next thing you know, they've moved on to someone else. And hopefully Alex Smith is healthy enough. And man, like Eric was saying, I would love to see that happen. That's the story for me. Alex Smith, not only getting back to play, but getting the Washington football team back in playoffs. Now that's a good story. To need. So, we're going to close it out with Fantasy Reality. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Your heart's right. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, the Texans had another tough defeat this week, and J.J. Watt was not taking it well, and good for him. You know, I've always said here that for me, if I had one other jersey to own that wasn't a guy who played for my team, it would be J.J. Watt. I just love the dude. If you love football, it's almost impossible not to love J.J. Watt. And you know what? I'm proud of J.J. Watt for going out there and calling his teammates to the to the table. And he went out there after this loss, and it was a bad loss to the Cincinnati Bengals at home with people trying to show up in the stands despite the fact this team is on only four games all year and they've been terrible. And you know what? J.J. Watt had a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, a lot of words. And this went on for quite some time, and I'm sure most of you have seen it already. But just in case you have it, here are some of those choice words as we welcome you back into Fantasy Sports today. Joe Pizapia, Eric Young, and here's what J.J. Watt had to say. So basically, you know, there are a lot of people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to. We stink. But they care and they still want to win and they want you to be great. That's why. Those people aren't getting paid. We're getting paid handsomely. That's why. And that's who I feel the most bad for. It's our fans and the people who care so deeply and the city and the people who love it, who try, who truly want to be great. They want us to be great. And it's not. We're not. And that sucks as a player to know that we're not giving them everything that they deserve. Whoa! J.J. Watt. Letting shots fire. And look, everybody who loves football loves J.J. Watt because he eats, sleeps, and breathes and bleeds football. And uh, this was, this was, I mean, look, there's more to this statement, a lot more. 
And some of the statement goes on about people not showing up to the weight room, people not showing up and doing what they're supposed to do practice, people showing up late and all this stuff. And this laissez-faire attitude about things and what it results in is a coach getting fired. So Bill O'Brien wasn't clearly the only problem because it wasn't like he went away and all of a sudden the Texans are in the playoffs. Now, granted, he did make an awful trade that set them back here, moving on one of the best wide receivers in football history in DeAndre Hopkins. Got back David Johnson, who's a nice player at the stage in his career. He ain't Hopkins. But I got to tell you, you know, Eric, when you start to look at this, it starts to ask some bigger questions. And we're going to ask a big fantasy reality question with everything going on with J.J. Watt right now and his displeasure and the pickle they're in from a salary cap standpoint and with the draft picks. I'm going to ask you this question. J.J. Watt will ask out of Houston for next season. Is that a fantasy or reality? Will he want out or will Houston find a way to keep him? That's our first fantasy reality. So I'll put it to you. And we've had a lot of time to hear and digest these thoughts from J.J. Watt. Do you think J.J. will return to Houston next year? I feel J.J. Watt has earned to, to make whatever decision he wants. I mean, as far as Houston goes, can they afford the public backlash of losing another star player you just let go of arguably like you said the best receiver in football for you know an, an aging player that's decent but jj watt is the heart and soul of this team look he's not the jj watt of five years ago he's not as dominant um he's not he's not a, a the, the absolute game changer that he used to be but he's still a very effective player and is the heart and soul of this team they can't afford for J.J. Watt to be playing somewhere else. I mean, they, they just can't. Uh, hopefully this statement lights a fire under some of them. Uh, I get losing is no fun, but the reality is, is like you said, it is a business and, and you're being paid a bunch of money to perform and do your job. And that job doesn't just include playing on, on Sunday. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's working out. It's showing mm -hmm. up to practice. It's being accountable. It's being uh, a good teammate. It's being, uh, you know, showing effort, whether you're winning or losing, you're being paid a pile of money to play a game. And it's probably something you've dreamt of your whole life. So why waste your time and other people's time and their hard earned money? So hopefully this lights a fire. Um, uh, JJ Watt, like you said, is an amazing player. Uh, and obviously an amazing dude is a million he sleeps on like a single bed in the training room <laughs> during the season because he's a complete lunatic and i'm here for it all day long he's one of my favorite players in the nfl too yeah look I, I agree with everything you said but i'm looking from a business standpoint and they have two assets there one is deshaun watson and i don't think you're moving the franchise quarterback at that age and the other is jj watt and jj watt you're right you said something very profound there which is He's not the same J.J. Watt of a few years ago. He is older. And, and if this team is indeed going to rebuild, does J.J. Watt want to stick around for that? J.J. Watt probably wants to go play in more playoff games. He wants a shot at a Super Bowl ring. And I think the other team would look at that and say, hey, this is a pass rusher we could really use on our team. I got to tell you, for the good of the organization, I think J.J. Watt would recognize that maybe the best thing for him to do is move on. And that's the kind of guy he is. And we'll see if that gets done or not. But you only got two assets. He's one of them, and maybe that can kind of turn things around for you. I keep a close eye on this one. Now, this next question was a lot more relevant an hour ago, but uh, we'll ask it anyway. It has to do with, of course, the Washington football team quarterback situation, and it's looking more like Alex Smith, probably not Tyler Heineke. Well, who knows what's going on here, but we'll ask the question anyway. And this is the 2021 Washington football team quarterback on the current roster. Now, Eric, there's a lot of potential – Movement of quarterbacks, 
going forward into next year, a lot of teams will be looking for quarterbacks, not just in the draft, but some quarterbacks might get moved on from. So I'll put it to you. Do you think it is Alex Smith? Because it's not Haskins. We know that <laughs> going forward into next year. Or do you think they're going to find another answer, a quarterback for next season? I mean, if we've learned anything from the Washington football team and the owner, Dan Snyder, is that he is at best unpredictable. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Um Alex Smith, I think, has earned it if he wants to play in Washington again. Um, I feel like you you could have a worse starting quarterback than Alex Smith. That's, that's for sure. There's tons of them in the league. Um, they're probably not going to be in a position to, to get one of those top guys in the draft. So it would be more of a process. I, they, they could draft someone young this year and have him sit behind Alex Smith and learn. And I think that would be the proper choice. But the truth is, is the Washington football team is just so unpredictable. My bet is it's going to be Alex Smith, but uh, I'm not willing to put any money on it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I feel like Alex Smith certainly deserves the look, but with his age and the injury history of things, it's it's a very risky thing to just go in with him. So whether it be in the draft or whether you go out there and you look for a, a backup quarterback, you know, whether maybe it is an Andy Dalton type guy or somebody like that that you know is a steady dude to bring in there. Now, you know, it's a good team. It's a good nucleus of players. You know, Terry McLaurin's very good. I think Gibson's going to be a, a stud. McKissick's been very good this year. Logan Thomas has been terrific. And the defense, we all know how good the defensive front is. They're what's carrying this football team right now. So it's going to be fascinating to see. And I think they will get somebody else in there. And whether it's a young guy that could be a little bit more of a project, is to be determined. Who knows? Maybe it's like a Gardner Minshew type guy or something like that that they can see. Well, you've seen them play a little bit and you go, okay, maybe there's something there. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know if they've identified him yet, but I think there's going to be somebody else. But I think to start, it certainly feels like Alex Smith would be the guy to start there, which is very risky. But at the same time, the guy's earned it. So let's see what happens next week and what goes on there um, and where they end up in the draft too and how that all shakes up because – the draft, we all know, is a lot of moving pieces, that's for sure. All right, one more fantasy reality here, uh, and it has to do with fandom. And I think it's been very tough. I, I live in the New York area, and God knows I have a lot of friends and family who are Jet fans, and I just don't know how long you have to deal with this. I mean, we, we've been told in our lives now that if you're in an abusive relationship, that you should find a way out of it. But yet, something about fandom means you somehow have to stay loyal to a team and an organization that really might not care much about you as a fan or or really hasn't ever delivered your entire life. And I personally have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this, so I'll put it to you. Is it okay, after years of pain and heartache and suffering and, and all sorts of things, and maybe this is a question for our esteemed leader, Mike Cardano, to make him feel better about finally leaving the Jets, is it okay to change your fandom, Eric Young, fantasy or reality? I mean, it, it's your love, it's your passion, it's your money. To me, you can do whatever you want. Uh, as a as a fan, as a football fan, I grew up a, a Buffalo Bills fan, and I can say them losing four Super Bowls a row and me shedding tears, it made me not watch football for a couple years. And when I went back, I decided I wasn't going to be a Buffalo Bills fan anymore. I can't deal with it emotionally, so I picked the Tennessee Titans. Uh, fast forward to 2004, I ended up moving to Tennessee. I live in Nashville currently, but I was a fan of the Tennessee Titans before that. Eddie George, Steve McNair. I mean, look, the salary cap makes uh, the player movement a lot more. Uh, a lot of times I cheer for players and stories rather than teams. I live in Tennessee. Uh, I, I've been uh, a Tennessee 
Tennessee Titans fan for years and years, not just since I moved here before that. Um, but I think like, look, I mean, like you said, being in a relation, an abusive relationship is, is no good and, and it's okay. It's okay yeah. to move on to somebody else, to greener pastures. You can only take so much. There is something to say loyalty, but there's a thin line between loyalty and stupidity. Think about it. Oof. I love that. That's some, that's some good knowledge right there. And 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 you're right. I mean, why, why do people torture themselves? I mean, what, what is this loyalty getting them at the end of the day? And I'm not saying you need to jump ship to every front-running team and be that person either. But if you've invested 20 years of your life in a team and they've given you no joy, it's okay. I want to be like Robin Williams and hug somebody in Goodwill Hunting and just keep saying it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And it's funny because your story is very similar to mine. I, too, grew up in the New York area. And I did not want to root for a team from New Jersey. In my opinion, it was the Jets and the Giants. They're Jersey teams. So I became a Buffalo Bills fan at a very tender age. And then I rode that pony, man. I was so excited. They were such a fun team. And then, like you said, they lost four Super Bowls. And every passing Super Bowl, I would wear my starter jacket the next day to school. I had the Bills starter jacket with the flap where you all knew you were cool. And then I had to deal with the Giants fans, which was fine. And then I had to deal with the of Redskins loss, and then the two Cowboys losses. Where do these Cowboys fans show up in New Jersey? But I had to deal with that too. And then I realized something at the tender age of 13. I realized football is not even about talent. It's about coaching. It's about systems. And I said to myself, if Marv Levy comes back as the coach of this football team, I don't care how many Super Bowls you go to in a row, something's happening where these guys aren't prepared to play these games, and they keep losing. And they brought him back and I said, I'm out, I'm done. And in my you know, childhood mind at 13 years old, Bill Parcell was the best head coach in football because I grew up in the New York area. He went to New England. And I said, well, that's where I'm going. I'm going where a great coach is going to go and set up something that's going to last for decades. And then they lost the Super Bowl too. And I thought, it's me. It's my fault. Everywhere I go, <laughs> Super Bowls get lost, right? And then I suffered through some Pete Carroll years. And then I got Bill Belichick eventually got Tom Brady and the rest is history. So I appreciate where I'm at as a Patriots fan more than most, but it's okay. I've stuck with the Patriots. Eric has stuck all his, uh, these many years with the Tennessee Titans going back 20 years now too. It's okay to change your fandom. I don't think you should change it every single week. I don't think you should change it every single season, but at the same time, if you have put time and energy into a team and they've given you nothing but sorrow, come on, enough is enough move on but i gotta ask you something are you kind of in a strange way wanting to see buffalo do well because i kind of do i kind of want to see them have a good run in the playoffs because i think this team is fun yeah i i've uh i i got two two loves in football and buffalo bills that's my childhood team uh, i still pull for them Tennessee is the team that i cheer for and support the most but I uh I've been real close to pulling the trigger on a Josh Allen jersey. I can tell you that. Right <laughs> He's a likable guy, man. It's hard not to enjoy him. But you know, I was just enamored as a kid of that that Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas team with Bruce Smith. I mean, just so many stars, so fun to watch. And then they yep. get to the games, and every year they were not prepared. They got out coached by Parcells, by Gibbs, by Jimmy Johnson, all of which are Hall of Fame coaches. But can't deal with that. Got to make changes sometimes, and. I know, I know. It's heartbreaking to leave and stay in the same division. But you know what? I guess that's why I do what I do for a living as a football analyst. Because at 13, I recognize this. We'll be right back. Sports Grid 60. Don't go anywhere. More sports grid, more fancy sports today. Right after this.
City of Angels to the Big Apple. Shake it up with Pharrell Coast to Coast. Shake it up, she do that. All my friend men come around, flies up, flies up. With your host, the one and only. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today. We'll close things out. Tomorrow, we've got uh, my good buddy from uh, the In This Ring podcast and the Wide Men Can't Jump podcast on NBA. Nate Bush is going to join us here in the program. We'll get his take on the beginning of the NBA season. We'll also have Josh Cohen on doing sports cards with Craig Mish. But I will be back with Eric Young tomorrow. And, of course, we always end things with a little Sports Grid 60. So, Eric, the stage is yours. Yeah, my 60 is about the Miami Dolphins and the quarterback position. I understand that that Tua has a very cool story. He's a likable guy and I think is going to be a good quarterback at some point. But I feel they made the mistake of going away f- uh, from Fitzpatrick to Tua after a win. It was troubling at the time. Uh, this is the second week in a row where Fitzpatrick has come off the bench and saved the Miami Dolphins from the jaws of defeat. I don't understand this. I don't understand how they've already come out and said, no, Tua is the starting quarterback next week. He's not winning the games. The, the game is being won despite him. He's not putting up crazy stats. He's not putting up crazy uh, touchdown uh, scores or, or crazy throws down the field. He's not doing anything special. This team belongs to Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback at this current thing. And if Miami wants to compete, look at, we talked about this a bunch on Sunday, Joe, Miami is a good football team and they have a real chance to make some noise in the playoffs. And I think Fitzpatrick should be the starting quarterback. This makes me crazy. I mean, I, I just don't understand. I didn't understand it when it happened and I still don't understand it. I second all of your emotions. Uh, all right, for me, it's uh, it's about Dwayne Haskins today. And uh, look, Dwayne, I understand things did not go your way, and I understand that you know one regime that drafted you told you you were going to be the future, and the new regime that came in told you you weren't. But you know, as a young NFL quarterback, typically you tend to have a, a second shot somewhere, unless you, of course, act like a bonehead and do stupid things and break protocols to go hang out at a strip club without a mask. Look for a leader, for a quarterback. That's why you're not a captain. That's why you're not employed anymore. So, Dwayne, and to all the other young leaders and football players out there, don't be like Dwayne. Be better. Make better decisions. Because it's not just about now. It's about your future, too. All right. Eric Young, I'm Joe Pizapia. Hope you enjoyed Fantasy Sports today. We'll be back again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Stick around Sports Grid for more great programming. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. We'll see you next time, kids. Peace. Peace. 